Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Over the COVID months, as I'm now starting to call them, I have discovered the joys of the TV box set. And within that, viewing the incredibly high standard of cinematography of programmes such as the German Babylon Berlin, the French Paris Police 1900 and the Swedish-Danish production The Bridge. I've spent the last 10 years acting in an evangelical way concerning the importance of the moving image to the stills photographer. Every digital camera and smartphone now has that moving image functionality, although I still refer to that button as being the button that photographers most likely will not touch or will be scared of touching. It opens up a whole world of possibility, but also of potential new learning. And a lot of photographers just prefer to move away from that. And yet so many photographers being closed to that creative and narrative option that that button can give you, I think really does impact on the narrative ability that you have as a photographer and the photographic abilities that you have as a photographer. There is no doubt for me that I get far more excited about photography through cinematography than I often do through straight stills photography. It's that point of seeing things from that different angle, that framing, the use of light, and the programmes that I've uh, identified at the beginning here as being particularly informative for me, bring about a European perspective on filmmaking, which I particularly find interesting. So as I always say to any of my students, and actually to anybody who asks me about moving image, you know, have a go at it. The truth of the matter is, is I think that working within moving image makes you a better photographer. An event and a comment have both come together for me in the last week to make me think about something which actually I do think about quite a lot, and that's connected with photo books. The comment was by a photographer who was doing that thing that so many photographers seem to do nowadays, which is just put a question out onto a forum and hope that the answer will come in rather than doing the research themselves. But that's another discussion point for another time. Although I have just written an article about that on unitednationsofphotography.com. I'll give you some information about that at the end of this episode. But anyway, um, the comment was... Hey, photo books, anybody using them for marketing? Well, that's kind of interesting there. Uh, a very straightforward, cold-hearted approach to the idea of the photo book and thinking of it as very much a marketing tool. The event was um, BOP, the Bristol Photographic Book Event, which occurred at the weekend at the Royal Photographic Society and Martin Parr Foundation, uh, the Paintworks in Bristol. Something I went to roughly, I think, 18 months ago, two years ago, uh, certainly before COVID, before the COVID months, before my love of the box set. But anyway, so I went previously and uh, I walked around it um, and I kind of left with the same feeling, which was it was quite quiet. I went with Florence, my daughter, as I often do, and we walked around and nobody seemed to be buying very many books and I didn't see much reason to buy any photo books. We left empty handed and we went and got ourselves some lunch. 
This time there seemed to be a slightly different vibe. It felt a little bit younger. It felt a little bit more energetic. It was much more uh, disconnected this time with the photo book fair in a large um, hall space, which anybody in Bristol who is aware of what happens at the paintworks will be aware of that space. And then talks going ahead in the Royal Photographic Society, which is about a sort of 10 minute walk, I suppose, away from where the book fair selling was going on. Um, But there was also some more book uh, book selling in the Martin Parr Foundation, which had a different kind of vibe to it, to the um, other space. So it felt a little bit to me like three separate events. I wasn't the only one. I spoke to a few people who felt that it was a little disconnected. But that doesn't really matter in a way because it's still a great initiative. The point I'm making, really, I suppose ties in with that question the photographer, uh, photographer, I should say, asked about marketing. Why are all these photo books being produced? Why are they all being produced? There was one particular uh, table I looked at that seemed to me to have the majority of books published within the last 18 months, of which some of them are really important. And there have been some really important and some really good photo books published over the last, last 18 months. But also, there seems to me to be an awful lot of books out there that don't need to exist. It reminded me a little bit of going to a vinyl fair on a Sunday morning, as I used to do when younger. I'd always be looking out for the the rare, the old, the difficult-to-find vinyl, rather than the latest hits. I felt very similar at the uh, photo book fair. I was looking at the boxes of old books at cheap prices, rather than at the beautifully produced artefacts at £40, £50, £60, £70 each. I spoke to a couple of publishers about it who were there. They felt the same as me. I bumped into a few people I know who are big collectors of photo books, and they felt the same as I did. Who was buying these books? And in essence, we should be buying these books. Because we're engaged with photography, and we are book collectors, and we are interested in this subject. I'm interested enough in this subject to do this podcast and to... Uh, teach the subject and be a photographer. And yet, I didn't buy a single book. Now, that's got to be a problem. That's got to be an issue there with audience. And there's got to be a discussion, I think, to be had around intent when producing these books. As I say, I've seen some really good books published recently. Mark Wilson's book on the Holocaust, I highly recommend and recognise as being a serious piece of work. But there's an awful lot of stuff out there that is also very introspective, perhaps even, dare I use the word, selfish. Does it really have an audience? I've asked this question before. But perhaps that photographer who asked the question about using the photo book as a marketing tool has really cut through to the essence of what it could do for you as a photographer. Perhaps it is a marketing tool, but perhaps the idea of the creation of the photo book is getting lost. The intention is getting lost, I should say, in that making. And at the end of the day, The book that is produced doesn't really have a reason to exist, let alone an audience to engage with it. 
This week's photographer contributing to the podcast by explaining what photography means to them in less than five minutes certainly creates work that has a reason to exist. Sean Gallagher is an independent photographer and filmmaker whose work focuses on creating photography and documentary film projects that highlight stories from the front line of the climate crisis and important and underreported global environmental issues. Gallagher studied zoology at university in the UK and that's an education that informs his work. From chasing timber poachers with armed policemen through the jungles of Cambodia to photographing undercover in secretive North Korea, he has produced diverse stories from some of the world's leading news outlets. He is an eight-time recipient of the Pulitzer Centre on Crisis Reporting Travel Grants and his images are represented by National Geographic Image Collection. He is a fellow of the UK Royal Geographical Society as he's originally from the UK, although he has lived and worked across Asia for over 15 years and is currently based just outside of Beijing, China. For me, photography has always been about discovery and understanding and the camera in itself has always been my ticket to explore and journey to places that I would never have otherwise had an opportunity to go to. My name is Sean Gallagher. I'm a British photographer and filmmaker. Uh, my work focuses uh, mostly on the climate crisis and global environmental issues. I've been based in Asia for over 15 years now, and throughout that time I've been working on stories across the continent, uh, trying to understand how both the climate crisis and, and various environmental issues such as deforestation, desertification, uh, industrial pollution or the effects of industrial pollution, uh, what they're having on developing countries here in Asia and how what's happening here is important not just on a continental scale but also on a on a global scale. At the beginning of my career I studied uh, zoology at university in, in the UK. Uh, my original passion was actually in the sciences, it was in environmental issues and that was well before I discovered uh, photography which uh, I, I found when I was at university actually. And so at that time in my early to mid-twenties, I decided at the beginning of my career that I really wanted to try to combine my interest in both environmental issues and photography and, and use photography as a way to explore the environmental issues that I thought were, were really important I, that I'd been learning about uh, during my study. So I moved to uh, China in uh, the mid-2000s and I started mainly to work on issues within China for the first four or five years. I travelled across the country looking at various issues such as uh, desertification and species extinction. I travelled to the Tibetan Plateau uh, documenting how climate change is affecting uh, communities on the roof of the world. And then after I had done a lot of work in China, I started to branch out going to countries such as India, Indonesia, Southeast Asia, a little bit further into the South Pacific, to countries like uh, Tuvalu, which I visited a couple of years ago. Again, working on very similar stories, looking at how the climate crisis is affecting these countries. And 
for me, photography and also filmmaking, which I use a lot, has been my ticket to to visit these communities and and really satisfy my curiosity on a, on a certain level about how different communities both function, but also how they're reacting in the face of of various environmental issues and and changes that they're facing in the in the in the face of the climate crisis. And over the past fifteen years, the the climate crisis itself has become such an important issue. Uh, fifteen years ago, it really wasn't talked about anywhere near as much as it is now in the mainstream media. And I think photography and filmmaking, documentary filmmaking, have really important parts to play in trying to help tell the stories of how people and families and communities are being affected by the changes changes that are taking place in our world at the moment. Photography and filmmaking have the power to to put our viewers into those situations, to, in a way, feel something of what those people are feeling uh, in whichever community it is that I'm photographing. And it is a great privilege to to visit these communities, to be welcomed by people. And, and really, just the fact of me having a camera has allowed me to enter those communities. And, and it's been, for the most part, a wonderful experience over the past decade and a half to be able to do that. And, and a real privilege to be able to tell the stories of those people. And as I said, just having a camera has allowed me to be in many of those situations. And and for me, photography is, has never really been a, a technical interest. It's always been about what, where the camera can take me and how the camera can help communicate the stories about some of these incredibly important issues that, that are facing our world today, such as the climate crisis and other environmental issues, which are, are really going to shape how humanity lives for the coming centuries. And, and photography has an incredibly powerful role in helping communicate the importance of these issues. Thank you, Sean, for your contribution this week. Very interesting to hear how much emphasis that Sean was putting there on filmmaking and documentary filmmaking, something that I was picking up on at the beginning of the episode. As you always know, I do not listen to the contributions until you've heard them. Nothing is planned on this podcast. However, something that's a little bit planned is that I did mention at the beginning of this episode that there are a few new articles up on United Nations of Photography.com, one of which um, of particular relevance to that idea about photographers just sticking up questions on forums. Anyway, that particular article is referred to as pricing, licensing, usage and stuff. Why are so many photographers uninformed? That's an article you might like to check out on unitednationsofphotography.com. Another article that went up this week is Anybody Listening? How to Get Your Photography Seen and Your Voice Heard. So two articles there that you might like to um check out. Uh, Thanks again there to Sean. Uh, With everything that's going on this week uh, concerning global uh, warming and economic and environmental crisis, uh, it seems to me as if we've almost become relevant. I'll try and make sure that doesn't happen in future episodes. 
A book that I do think has a reason to exist is our book of the podcast, What Does Photography Mean to You?, featuring 89 professional award-winning photographers from around the world uh, answering that question. That's available now at £9.99 plus post and packing from bluecoatpress.co.uk. So you might like to check that one out. We very much thought about the audience before we made it. Uh, COVID has come to my household. Um, Maybe it's come to your household also. Fortunately, I've just had the flu-like symptoms and a lot of negative tests, whereas my wife has actually gone down with the positive version of the COVID. Um, So if you are in that situation, I really hope that it's not affecting you too badly. It really does seem to have a multitude of different um, ailments that come attached to it. You might also like to use that time of 10 days isolation to um, check up on our archive of people who've contributed to this podcast. Great way of finding out about who has is to go to unitednationsofphotography.com website. At the top, it says, uh, what does photography mean to you? And every single photographer that has contributed is listed there in order with a hot link to their website. So that could be really useful to you if you're being stuck inside. I think also the one thing I would like to say from a UK perspective is that over the last couple of weeks, the COVID numbers have been soaring again. Nobody seems to really have an answer as to why, although as always, there are a lot of theories. A bit like photography, really. Everybody seems to be an expert. Anyway, the one thing I do know about photography is that you just need to get out there and enjoy yourself and have fun. And uh, don't be too closed-minded. And I think the one thing I know about COVID from what I can see is it's really important to get your jabs, get your booster jab, and also to wear a mask. I know I've continued to wear mine as much as I possibly can, and I'm going to continue to do that. And of course, what I'm also going to do is recommend to all of you that you take care. (laughs) 